Hello, and welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece universe front to back. I, as always, am the super veteran and forgotten rival, Justin, joined <laughs> by my co-host, the super rookie, Trump Card, Jacob. Hello, everybody. We are talking about the second movie of our lineup of One Piece movies, uh, Clockwork Island Adventure. This was a pretty fun one. But before we dive right into that, there are two small things I wanted to mention last episode that we forgot. Um, we know that Luffy always has the trademark punch, right? The anime does this actually quite well. I saw a few clips of those. That movie had the worst fucking punch. <laughs> Where he, I don't know if you're, uh, we, I, we didn't, we didn't talk about because we jumped right to the fight. But to start off the fight, um, El Dorago he like smashed like the guy's personal Odin that made Luffy pull like his trademark punch. But boy, that shot was edited like it was a four kids edit. Like, Jesus, like, it was censored almost. Like, you couldn't really see it. There was no momentum. I'm like, did he punch him? <laughs> it was so clear. I had to mention it because I'm just like, that was a wet noodle. But I that agree. being... It was, it was really like, poorly edited, and they clearly <laughs> put all their budget, quote-unquote, into, into the actual that, fight. final fight scene. Yeah, but you gotta get the punch right, man. Come on. <laughs> um, And then again, this was before Arlong Park. Did Luffy really have a trademark? No, he did. He had a couple of good punches before Arlong Park. Um, the second thing was, uh, every movie I think we should talk about, because you know how we finished the arc, so we always talk about who was the MVP of the arc. In last movie, I think it was, they said to say it was Luffy. He was just yeah, fun to watch. He definitely. had the best fight. He was the funniest. Um, and that's all I wanted to mention, um, for the last one. So, for this movie, Clockwork Island Adventure, this was released in 2001. This was the second of three movies that were not released in the West. It was also a double feature with another Digimon movie. They must have had some contract deal. Um, really? Yeah. This was for uh, Revenge of Diaboramon. I don't know if that was also part of that horrible Digimon Western movie, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, double feature. Structure-wise, like in terms of like the narrative structure, this was what I was expecting in terms of like shonen movies. This was tropey as fuck. <laughs> If you compare it to other Dragon Ball Z movies, uh, I don't know if you noticed that, because um, this movie uh, was felt like that. It felt like the classic Dragon Ball Z movies, like a uh, um, Tree of Might or uh, at what's it, World Strongest. I'm trying to remember the old titles of those old movies. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It's kind of the, the more a little bit more formulaic, I'd say, as in yeah, absolutely. even the way the villains are like kind of structured, like they have like a weird one and then the normal like swordsman quote-unquote right exactly like yeah that. so exactly that was actually one of my bulletins is you have the burly one that might be dumb that was boojack uh you have the lean one who's also usually the attractive one in this case it's kind of pin joker and or honey queen and then you have the wild card weird one which was skunk one so you picked up on that one uh <laughs> i actually want to give props to the youtube channel team four star for pointing that out in their uh dragon ball z abridged movies <laughs> they always made that joke every fucking movie um another trope Oh, absolutely. They're amazingly funny. There's always something or someone that's kidnapped or taken. At the beginning of this movie, it was the merry-go, like, literally off-screen. And after, like, what, ten minutes, Nami? Isn't that how the first movie started, also? I got, like, deja vu immediately when I started this. Uh, the first movie, the, merry, uh, the merry-go was uh, blown away, and they were trying to find each other. They were trying to, like, regroup, so it didn't feel as formulaic. Where in this one, it was straight up stolen when everyone was having their beach episode at the very beginning. Um, that way, it stuck Gotta out to me more. Fan service in. 
that's the weird thing too because this is super early one piece so they're trying to show off like nami's bare back as sanji's deploying suntan lotion and i'm just like that's so skinny nami eat meat what's wrong with you girl <laughs> luffy feed some of the food you're stealing god damn <laughs> i was really sorry for her instead um speaking of nami she was drawn horribly this episode horrible horribly her um, eyes. There was her something eyes. very yes. weird going on there in this. Yeah, movie. I, I wasn't sure too, but I brought up the movie posters, just the movie posters, to compare side by side from the first movie to the second. And first movie, very big, very cartoony, but you know, wholesome. You know, that, that, that kid energy I mentioned, where it's just like, oh, look, my baby faces. But then that po- second movie poster, I'm just like, what the hell? They made yeah, them. It, she ends up looking like Bizarro Nami, and it feels kind of surreal, like seeing her in the movie. Right? Like, yeah. it's not really Nami. It's uh, very that... noticeable to me. It was very, very noticeable. Yeah, her eyes were smaller, but they were also spaced out more. Bef- because you have that smaller size, so you can space them out further apart. It looked very, I don't know, even derpy. Um, I feel like the people who <laughs> did this movie just did not like Nami. Because they drew her <laughs> worse, and they sidelined her. yeah, and her. they sidelined her for the entire movie. Like, damsel in distress storyline. Push her, push her over there. Yeah, so I know we we're talking about the production, so we'll get back. We'll back to that. We'll be yeah, bleh, bleh. We'll get back to the production for now. We'll talk back more about Nami later on. Um, the other thing I noticed about how tropey it was, comp- like with other shonen movies, was you always have to have your main side characters like taken out one by one to establish your movie threat. Like in the Dragon Ball Z movies I'm talking about, like usually you have Krillin taken out, Yamcha, Tien, right, to establish how strong the villains are and then goku comes in to wipe everyone out and this movie was kind of similar where you had sanji taken out first then usopp then zoro then luffy comes in and bursts everyone out kind of thing the way that this movie does it though i will give credit it's a bit more creative because in those old dragon ball movies i keep talking about your side characters are just wiped out by unnamed movie ocs and you're just like what the fuck right in this one zoro doesn't have a swords uh, Sanji doesn't have his shoes. Uso doesn't have a slingshot. Uh, Nami doesn't have her staff, and you can even say Luffy doesn't have a straw hat because he gave it to Nami. And I'm thinking Super Mario logic, where you lose your hat, you take extra damage. <laughs> so I'm just like, even Luffy's weaker. <laughs> and once he gets a straw hat back, hey, there you go, everyone's fighting again. Um, also the villains are like discount versions of current or future villains. Like Bear King, he looks and feels like Wapo. But the aesthetic is like uh, Doflamingo, where you have the cards, right? So you have, like, teases for future villains, and that was pretty Wait. nice. I, I kind of got the impression that it's like a circus theme more than a card uh, theme. I saw all the, the cards. Like, it already had, like, the diamonds, the spades. Like, Di- Bear King has the spade on his uh, coat. I yeah, I guess so. I always thought, I guess, uh, I forgot the, the presentation the, the is different. guy's name. He just seemed more like a clown. And then you have Honey Queen, who I guess she was just kind of like a contortionist to me in, like, a leotard. So I got yeah. carnival vibes. Yeah, so the presentation's a lot different, but you can still say it's a card deck theme, but not as heavy as like Doflamingos, where there are literally like hearts and diamonds that are named after that. Um and then you also have like teases of like future forms or attacks. Like in this one, when Bear King gets heated, he literally looks like he has hockey. I thought it was hockey, literally. I'm like, oh, because his yeah. his arm turns like black and it's like scorched, it's heated. And I'm like, oh, we got some hockey very early on. Awesome. And, and instead, it's like, no, it's actually part of his power. He just perfected it. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> it reminds me of the the Lord Slug Dragon Ball movie where Goku doesn't go Super Saiyan, but 
he looks like he's super sane, but he's not. Like, everything about him is glowing gold, but except his hair. <laughs> so it's just like, so I guess he's not. <laughs> um, unfortunately, as just like the last movie, the animation quality is inconsistent. Um, the very first action sequence, when they were, like, on the uh, the boat, they're fighting off the goons, that looked really choppy, I noticed. But later on in the movie, it definitely smooths out, so it looks like the team was definitely on a budget on time. On a limited time, sorry. And um, they had to make do what they could. So, but that was the only tomorrow I noticed. Also, like we mentioned, Nami's eyes are really spaced out. I don't know what the deal with that was. Um, also, I want to say the weakest part of the movie overall was actually the support characters. Like the OC movie characters. I thought they were pretty Another little kid. Annoying uh, yeah. little kid, man. A second one in a row. I will say he wasn't as bad as the first one. Uh, I, he... I agree with that. He made it. He was kind of useful in some way. He had he had some importance, relevance to the plot. But at the end of the day, the uh, the thief brothers they were to me discount Frankie family because you literally have the guy who's a like a cyborg hand, and then you have the kid going like, "Yeah, we're family. We're gonna do shit together." Totally. And I'm just like, but where's the pizzazz? Where's where's the guy who's like in a per who's like in a speedo being a pervert? <laughs> where's yeah, yeah, that? You're guy missing. At? You're missing a certain <laughs> level of flair that would make yeah. this work. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, I, I, the effort was there, but I'm also just like, the design wasn't because it's hard to remember what they look like, except for like, uh, Borodo, the main thief. He says that was the, the Luke Skywalker hand. And then the kid, he had like, I think, rosy cheeks a little bit. And I, that's all I remember about them. And then you had like the engineers and scientists that we meet later on, and like, well, they kind of have funny hair, and that's it. The main villains are fine, design wise. I'm talking about yeah, the support. They're characters. very forgettable. Yeah. The all the effort went into the villains and making them stand out. However, that um, I was just gonna say, I wrote this note. I forgot. Um, that la that lack of subtlety design that we're used to seeing from Oda is completely missing because if we saw these engineers, right, you would have them look like a triangle, like a drill somehow, and they'll be named like Dewalt Drill, something like super on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. something that's completely on the nose, and I'm just like, that's completely missing these. These side characters look like they could be pulled from any shonen movie and just thrown into the mix. And like, oh, you're in this One Piece movie now. And it's just like, eh, yeah. that's not One Piece, though. However, that being said, the best part about this movie easily is Clockwork Island itself. The location. It is yeah. <laughs> awesome. Fucking great. And that actually feels like, like a One Piece level location design. Exactly. If this island was canonized in some way, I would not blame Oda at all. This place was wonderful to look at. The introduction was fantastic. You can argue it's a discount Skypea, but I'm going, it's different enough at the same time because it has that engineering uh, ingenuity part of it because you have like a physical literal tower of rocks going up to the clouds, but you can see like support beams making sure that the island keeps its weight up. You have windmills. You got everyone looking like, um, like again, like the drill hair. That's like the only unique thing about it, but it matches the scenario. Uh, a bunch of engineers were trying to create like a diamond clock, which is like the main driving point of the movie for the Thief Brothers, anyway. And everything about it was just like I would fucking go here, except for the verticality part. That's scary as fuck. <laughs> but everything else about it, I'm like, this looks incredibly peaceful. This looks fantastic. I would love to be here if it weren't for the for uh, was it the Trump the Trump pirates? Is that what they're called? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's also why I thought it was card themed, right? Trump card. Um. But yeah, that's all I had to say about the, the visuals and design of the movie. Let's actually get right into the fucking movie. 
as we mentioned already, it starts off immediately with fan service, right? You just see Nami uh, sunbathing. You see everyone going out onto the beach. Uh, <laughs> the Mariko is taken immediately. They don't explain how. Immediately. I think it's just, yeah, like the fucking Mariko, dude. Like the last movie, Mariko's first adventure with the crew, she gets lopsided onto the beach. This episode, she's kidnapped immediately and then forced to go to the very top of Clockwork Island. I don't actually remember how they explained how they got the ship up there i don't believe they did but you know what 55 minutes yeah limited whatever time. <laughs> limited i was time. gonna say that like we said for the last movie the pace in this one actually seemed almost even faster than that even though it's about yeah. the same runtime right pretty close it, it basically does but I, I will also give credit where even though the password does seem faster it didn't seem like there were as much moments where it jumped way too fast and i was like completely thrown off like okay wait, wait where, where are we where are we it was still like consistent enough where I go, okay, they're uh, they're changing clothes now here. Okay, now they got to Clockwork Island and now they're getting uh change here. Okay, now they're progressing here. Like it didn't feel as uh, I guess the what happened I think is that because they didn't have any dawdling scenes like we mentioned, like with Usopp in that movie one. Mm-hmm. This movie didn't really do that. It didn't really pad the time, but it did just jump really quickly, right? To scene to scene, like this happens, this happens, this happens. So it felt really really fast, even though it, it's kind of edited like better you know what i mean yeah the, the, the execution of the faster pacing was a lot better um because that first movie yeah that, that those parts you mentioned with Usopp, it felt like it slowed down the movie even though it was still 55 minutes and then it would go it again would jump and somewhere else speed. like other side of the island and like try to catch up to itself exactly and then whereas in this movie it was a bit more focused where it only jumps between i think two narratives it's between the main straw hats and unfortunately nami because after they rent a paddle boat and they get like for some reason wedding clothes because fuck it we want to draw nami in a wedding dress this episode like again the movie creators were kind of weird in this movie um i guess you could say fan service or whatever but they run to the thief brothers right because uh akizu the little kid was pretending to drown and sanji jumps in right away to save him and as soon as they introduce themselves they get attacked by uh, a bare ass naked honey queen, like literally bare ass. Use that's like one of the first things you see about her. Yeah. Um, and they get confronted by her and I think a uh, boojack, and they have a quick fight. And there's a really awkward moment because they uh, capture Nami and they go, "Oh, we're gonna take Nami to Bear King. And he'll do this and that to her." And then the Straw Hats res- respond like this and that, and there's an awkward five second pause where nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> I just want to know why are you letting, of all things, why are you letting that sit in? Why are you making right. me? Why are you making me feel like I'm reading that bad part of Thriller Bark again with Absalom? Why are you making me feel that again? Like this could have been. Uh, fixed. I will say, credit where what? credit is due. He did not force her to marry him. This no, guy. That- that's what I was going to say. Like, this moment could have been fixed because it sounded like the siblings were trying to make Barry King sound like a very intimidating, horrible monster of a person. But the first time we get introduced to Bear King, it's actually kind of funny because Nami's there. And then Bear King's like, just super simp mode immediately. 110% simp mode where he's like, oh my God, she's perfect. She's red hair. Oh my God, she's wonderful she's fantastic please marry me and then she's like eh, i like my guy strong like what are you talking about i'm a super strong motherfucker he starts flexing uh but you're really hairy though and he's like i can shave all this just for you lady <laughs> so I i'm like oh, i got a razor yeah so i'm actually thinking okay this is actually a little funny so this could be a twist on the damsel storyline 
So what I want, what I was expecting to happen, because again, Bear King was being super simp at this point. Uh, do you remember the video game Paper Mario, the first one? Of course. Do you remember you weren't always playing as Mario? You occasionally played as Princess Peach, even though she was captured uh, by Bowser. Yeah. Do you remember the segment where she's sneaking around the castle, but she activates a like a a secret door, and then she accidentally runs into Bowser directly? But instead of Bowser getting mad, he goes. Oh, since you're here, tell me Mario's weaknesses. But because Bowser was so much of a simp that you could tell him, oh, Mario is weak to mushrooms. He's weak to superstars, right? Things that could actually help Mario. He actually listens and puts those items around your next level. So I thought what was going to happen was similar to that, where Nami would go, you know, if you really want to marry me, Bear King, you have to take out the straw hats. You know what they hate? They hate food. They're very temperate. They only drink water. If you leave a giant yeast yeah. off for them, it will mentally corrupt them, and you'll have an edge over them. We didn't Anything get that. Anything but a, a huge feast with a bunch of booze. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and make sure it's presented by all of your uh, most lovely uh, pirates, because they also hate uh, lust. They're very chaste. They hate appeal like that. But but again, we didn't get that, unfortunately. That's why I thought that first scene was like, okay, this could work, right? You got the siblings who are trying to be like this ferocious crew, but the captain's like a really, like, just like a big softy. He's strong, but he's also like yeah, kind of that would have like, been a good gag. Yeah, that would have been nice. But we got to have our typical shonen villain, unfortunately. So that didn't work out. Um, so Nami's kidnapped. The Thief Brothers are working with them because while uh, the Straw Hats are trying to find Nami and the Merigo, they're trying to get the Diamond Clock, which is like the prized possession of Clockwork Island. It's just self-explanatory. It's a diamond, but it's a giant clock. It's a thing to steal. Um, a little small detail I did like on like revisiting glimpses of it was Borodo. When he used to help steer like the wreckage they were on, because again, they didn't have their boat. Um, he had a parachute to help steer the boat. And that's a little detail to remind you why later on in the movie, how does everyone on this island have a parachute? And it's like, well, it's a, it's a cultural thing. They're, they're never living away up there. <laughs> because, sense. yeah, it makes sense. So, but that's your little tease, is that he uses a parachute that he already had with him. So I'm less like, oh, okay, that's a nice, that's a nice little detail. Man, you wouldn't catch me on that island without a parachute, that's for sure. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> I wouldn't even start walking up there without a parachute, to be honest. Yeah, as much as I said I would love to visit that place, I, I think... I would not. I'm way too afraid of it. That's way too high. Way too I, high. I would be fine as long as you keep me away from the edges. If, if my fear kicks in when I look down, right? But if I'm on, like, on solid ground... Because the, the, the very top seemed wide enough. They had, like, a whole town there. It's a whole island, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just like, then my brain will forget that I'm actually hanging up in the air. Kind of like Skypiea, right? Yeah, because like I can just like, take a cart, I mean, fall asleep on the cart. It's <laughs> exactly. different. Like, the way up to Skypiea would be creepy, but once you're in the White Sea, I, I feel pretty safe about it. Actually, uh, you actually, you're not looking down, you know? Yeah, uh, in the future, uh, me and Justin are going to have a tourist service for Skypiea and Clockwork Island. Uh, actually, not Clockwork Island, sorry. Uh, we'll get to that later. But for Skypea, yeah, and then our touring services, uh, oh, you're afraid of heights? No problem. We got something that can put you right to sleep. That way, the whole, whole journey back there. up. <laughs> and if you, if you want it, if we think we're scanning you, then don't take it. Just stay awake. <laughs> we're here to help your fear. Um, but yeah, so they get to the island, and we don't even see the actual town yet. We just see this giant tower of rocks barely balancing. It felt like one of those... Uh, monuments like near the grand canyon like in southwest uh united states where there's like all those still like those rock formations right. 
but the super giant all the way up to the, the clouds. And we have like this fun little Indiana Jones segment, right? Where they're trying to climb up the stairs and there's like traps going on. There's the stairs turning into a ramp. You got the giant boulders coming in. And then all the straw hats trying to do their thing to combat them. But they're limited, like I mentioned, because Zoro doesn't have his swords and Sanji doesn't have his uh, shoes. And that actually comes into a factor because Sanji's getting more and more wounded as the movie is going on. His feet are getting bloodied. Even so- Zoro's like, you okay? And, he's, and then Sanji's like, you know, shut the hell up. Kind of usual response. But even yeah, he picks up on that. it. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing on the note was during the uh, introduction to Clockwork Island, where they're talking, uh, I think it was Boruto, the, uh, the older brother. He was talking about how, oh, this island is almost a fortress. And I'm because, you know, you can only go one way up. It's through the stairwell. And I'm just thinking, bro, just put some dynamite at the base. The entire thing crumbles down. What are you talking about? It didn't seem that like supported that simple. It was kind of weird that they had all those traps set up. Uh, It kind of made sense for me because I the way I thought about it was the engineers already had those in place, but it wasn't enough to stop the Trump pirates. They got through it somehow. Because, you know, like, Honey Queen, she can fly around kind of thing. So you could say she got to the top and dismantled it, prevented it from using it. That, that's the way I saw it anyway. Um, the funny thing, too, about the uh, that dynamite idea I thought out loud was literally we do see Boroto with dynamite. So he actually had yeah, some with him. That's true. So, so that actually came full circle for me anyway. Like, he didn't mention dynamite. I was thinking, like, you just need dynamite. <laughs> he had some later. Um, but... The another thing I want the during that action sequence with uh you know they're trying to go through the traps and everything. The weirdest part was seeing Zoro act like Hulk from Marvel vs. Capcom, where he literally just puts his hands into the floor and just right. I was going to mention up. that. I said when you're talking about them getting past all their the booby traps, his moment is literally just sticking his hand to the ground, like flipping yeah. the rocks up, just just doing a Hulk move. <laughs> and I'm just like, right, he is super strong. It's just hard to, re- hard to remember because I know this is super early One Piece. This is uh, post-Logtown, pre-Reverse Mountain. Because we don't have Vivi, but we also have like the new swords that Zoro has that we'll see later on. So, that's a- so actually, yeah. So that means this place is in the East Blue. Which means the East Blue is not incredibly dull and boring. That's like the weirdest thing about it, honestly. Because it doesn't feel <laughs> like an East Blue location. Yeah, listen, we're talking shit about whoever drew Nami's eyes. It was really weird. No, the weirdest part was that they actually had a good location in the East Blue. That's the weirdest thing about this movie. <laughs> Completely crazy. Um, so they eventually, they do get to the top, right? They go through all the traps. Sanji's a little wounded. They cha- They have a change of clothes, right? This is the first time. Because I remember before we watched the movies, you talked to me how um, the movies use it as an excuse to have the Straw Hats wear different clothes. Like the latest fashion wear. This is the first time I kind of saw that, right? Because they changed out of the wedding clothes. Well, you know, the straw Honestly, they should have been it. in those outfits on the poster. They were barely yeah. even in their, like, wedding outfits. Yeah. Except for but, Nami, who was stuck in hers like the whole Exactly. Movie. I was going to say, you need to get the, the the weird simps into the movie theater somehow and be like, oh, I can see Nami in a wedding dress? Oh, my God. I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever weirdos. Um, the weirdest thing, too, was that, because you know how every now and then movies or OVAs, they love to do like little ship teases, right? They always try and, because people, those fans are like the crazy passionate ones too. And this, in the movie poster was literally like, oh, look, Nami and Sanji. Oh, look, get it? Uh, and then again, Sanji's not even in the outfit, like you said, for like any longer than a couple of minutes. Um, but yeah, like there's that there too. So they get their uh, 
Oh, that was actually something else, too, though. The weird thing. Not only did it have a, a good location in the East Blue, but apparently engineers have a fashion sense. I thought engineers usually were just like, just give me a t-shirt and jeans. I don't care if it's slightly dirty. I'm just here to work, right? And in this one, we kind of see it. They're just like in lab coats. So but, unrealistic. <laughs> so unrealistic. You actually have nice clothes for Sanji and Zoro to wear. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe that. But the weirdest thing, too, about, like, the engineers is they he- overhear uh, the Straw Hats, like, trying to uh, take on Bear King. And they're just like, oh, go for it. We're kind of enslaved. Like, fucking go for it, dude. We're kind of forced <laughs> to work for them. We're forced to build this secret weapon for him. And you're like, okay, that's a little tease. Okay, I'm, I'm down. Okay, that, that, could, that could be something. And um, and this is what disappointing. I'm... It's a little disappointing, yeah. So, one by one, like, we mentioned it in the production part with the structure where the Straw Hats start losing one by one. Uh, Sanji gets taken out when they take like their first airlift up, because he has a very gruesome scene where he kicks a spiked ball. And I'm just like, oh, that's enough to get him out. Yep, he doesn't have his, he doesn't have his like ironclad shoes, I guess. Um, the one part I thought was a little out of character, I could be mistaken though, because early Straw Hats are a little phasey at this point. But there's a moment where Luffy busts in the doors, right? And he's surrounded by all the goons. I'm thinking right away, oh, Dynasty Warriors time. But then he freaks out and runs. And I'm going, okay, that's kind of funny, but wouldn't he love to be in that moment and actually want to fight all of them? Because I remember uh, Eni's Lobby, remember, where he slingshots himself straight to the Marine base. I'm like, I'm going to fight yeah. all of them at once. I don't care. Yeah, I was kind of just expecting him to like whip his foot around, like fight, but running away, it was a little, a little weird. Yeah, what was the move? Gum Gum Whip? Is that the move? Where it's like a a wide sweep kind of move kind of thing? I think that is it. Yeah, instead he runs. (laughs) Leaves him to Zoro. I'm just like, what the fuck? Um, Oh, I hate this, but I have to mention it. Because you know how each of the Straw Hats get taken down one by one? Man, have some respect on Usopp, dude. The way he gets taken down, dude. Oh, Uh, yeah. Again, it's just... Okay, so those who are listening to us and haven't seen the movie or forgot... um, the one of the villains is named uh was it skunk one or something like skunk that Skunk one yeah and his power is wario where he just farts but he has very powerful gas where if you inhale enough of the gas you become paralyzed uh usopp does a heroic thing on paper and sticks his mouth where his ass is at to take in a big chunk of the gas that's more like it's a jetpack but metaphorically yeah it's it's basically his ass. It's where it's where his ass is at. The 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 peop, the creators of the movie, uh, the team were just like, we need to have one joke villain like Wario, and it's just like he couldn't have used his nose to clog it. I thought he was gonna use his nose to clog it up, and then no big deal. But <laughs> instead, he just used his mouth, and I'm just like, well, there goes Usopp. Um. Oh, the side thing that I forgot to mention when with the Straw Hats being taken down one by one, they get they're on a cross crucified when they're taken care of and I thought you're kind of going a little overboard with that what the fuck <laughs> like again like you start off with like Bear King looking like he could be like a softy villain but he's the one telling his goons like oh we got Sanji crucify him oh we got this guy crucify him like, people really fuck? like putting Zoro up on crucifixes in early One Piece yeah unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately um there was a little funny moment, I will say, because, again, that first scene where we, we heard the this and that line, it was very uncomfortable. But it almost was kind of saved when Sanji was first to get captured. 
and then Sanji was talking shit to Bear King, and he was like, "You want you you think you can be a husband? I already did this and that to Nami." And I knew he was talking about the suntan lotion <laughs> at the beginning of the <laughs> yeah. movie, but it was him to be like, "Oh, that's enough. I'm not lying. I'm not saying what this and that is." But it was enough for to get under Bear King's skin. I thought it was pretty funny, but again, it's everything is because Nami is being objectified. I'm just like. This kind of sucks. I love Nami. What the fuck? This is also after Arlong Park, right? So it's like my worst fears coming true in this movie, where in the original series, when we were going through uh, the manga very early on, I was worried that after Arlong Park, Nami was going to be the only a damsel, only rely on sex appeal. She's only going to be like there for fan service. She's only going to be there to kind of navigate, but completely worthless everywhere else. Luckily, the main series didn't do that most of the time. But this movie was my fears coming true. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, luckily not, a, not this... good Nami usage at all. No, luckily this though, this is the exception and not the actual series, but still it just stood out so much. Um, then eventually they get to where it's just the Thief Brothers and Luffy and Zoro, and they're trying to hold up like the walls closing in like a trap. And then Zoro was taken out by the... Um, uh, the Joker guy. What was his name again? I said his name earlier. I, I forgot as well. I had the name. I had thus the name. Thus he is the forgotten rival. He, thus, exactly. I, that was accidental, but yeah, you're right. He is the forgotten rival. A uh, pin Joker. Um, He, I, I think, throws pins or like flower pins at people and it like paralyzes them or poisons them. But his main shtick was supposed to be he tries to say like one-liners or like expressions, but he always gets a keyword wrong and everyone corrects him all the time and that gets him angry. But um. Apparently, he had beef with Zoro, or, like, that confrontation where it's like, you gave me this scar, I'm gonna get my revenge. And then Zoro's just like, who are you? Uh, who? <laughs> who? Are you? who? <laughs> Pulls a Guardians of the Galaxy. Good. Yeah, just goes, who? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> but, yeah, so that's how Zoro gets beaten the first time, though, because he's, like, already hurt by the poison. He's trying to, like, hold up the the trap that's trying to crush Luffy and the Thief Brothers. There's a lot of going on, but he's able, he's unable to Fend him off because again he doesn't have his he, he doesn't have his swords he got some goon swords that he picked up, um, and then Luffy is actually sidelined for a tad bit because he's just stuck in the trap because the thief brothers uh sorry the kid was knocked unconscious like he just got knocked in the back of the head and um well by his older, brother right yeah and then uh Boroto he takes his brother to you know out of the trap. But then leaves uh, Luffy and Zoro because he goes, well, my main purpose was not really for the Diamond Clock. It was actually get revenge on Bear King because I'm pretty damn sure he might have killed Akizu's like, uh, biological parents or something like that, right? Where he was responsible for separating, at the very least, separating him from his family. Because we see later that Akizu has a very one-to-one -one similarity to Superman's origin. <laughs> Where it's like the like the mother like putting him away like in a cart while everything is going to hell. And like Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> I noticed that. Very yeah. Cal L. Yeah, very Cal L of it. Um Yeah, but then Bordo's like, yeah, so even if it means killing myself, I'm gonna take out the Trump pirates, at the very least take out Bear King, so Ikizu has a chance to find his parents, or at least to avenge the parents that they've died. And then his plan completely <laughs> backfires. What a surprise! He complete. He shows up with a dynamite. I mentioned earlier. He he has. He's all strapped up, but it comes across as him not planning anything at all. Like he got as far as I'm gonna have dynamite and I'm gonna win. That's it. That's where all his plans went. 
because immediately <laughs> we get a reminder from Bear King going, but you ignite those dynamite, you're going to blow up this glass floor right here. That's like the key to the island, like, like a clock, right? If you destroy and disrupt the actual key, it'll disrupt the balance beams. It'll disrupt, it'll disrupt the whole lab here and everything will come tumbling down. Tumbling down. Anyway. Um, and then, then Boruto was like, like, oh God, I did not think of that. And then he's literally just thrown and rocked around. Like, it was just like, that was your plan? <laughs> so sad. Uh, it was a little disappointing. A little, it was a little exaggeration. Um, what's that not like exa- the worst thief ever. I'm just throwing yeah, that out there. The he worst didn't even case thief. the joint out. Like, he'd planned nothing. Absolutely nothing. For all we know, he's actually a decent thief. But when it comes to actually fighting, he's terrible. <laughs> um. What is not an exaggeration and is definitely disappointment you brought up already was the secret weapon that we get revealed here. So Bear King was forcing this island of engineers and scientists, instead of finding a cure for cancer or anything like that, a cure for COVID, uh, they were like, we're going to force you to build weapons. And I'm just like, okay, this is like a movie thing where just like, okay, even though they're engineers and one thing doesn't mean they're weapon engineers, but, you know, we're just going to overlook that, right? Whatever. Exactly. Whatever. But the but at the same time I'm thinking, no, he gets exactly what he deserved. Where it's like I got this island of engineers, and it's like, well, what are they going to develop? We have a rifled cannon. It has a swirl in the barrel. The shell yeah, goes farther. Literally, just a cannon. It fires pretty far. Yeah, and then Bear King is like, yes, I'm going to use this to conquer the Grand Line and become the Pirate King. I'm just like. Bro, like, bro it's, it's just a cannon. <laughs> yeah, like it's just like, a cannon. <laughs> it's just a cannon that has a rifled barrel and p- big shells. I will say, pretty large shells. But this is these are worse than buggy balls. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like I don't know. Actually, what, yeah, but there was even like there was no self-aware joke, right? No one in the straw hats looking at that, going like, "Is he serious for now?" Like it's not even that. It was actually played off as this is the secret weapon, and I'm thinking. Okay, maybe when it fires, it'll maybe it'll detonate like a nuke or something. Like maybe it, it fires like like in, like a mini nuke from Fallout. Maybe it fires at like uh, atomic weapons. Who knows? Like, but One Piece version. But it fires and it's just a big splash. <laughs> I'm just, but you see the reactions like, oh my god, that's a big cannon. Oh my god, that's very powerful. And I'm just like, am I very underwhelming? I, I'm not impressed. <laughs> And I, that's not even talking about, like, compared to future One Piece villains. Again, we're talking about, like, compared to Buggy with the Buggy yeah, Balls. It's still not Don, impressive. Don Krieg. Like, this is what Don Krieg would use as a move or a weapon to use in the Grand Line. It, but it wouldn't be his, his, sorry for the pun, the trump card. It wouldn't be that at all. <laughs> and that's why I'm just like, this is what we've been building up to? Oh, that sucks. Yeah, and I, I but I But I also know why they did that, because you know how... Bear King looks like a lot like Wapo. Like his outline is almost one to one. Wapo also had a super cannon, right, at Drum Island. So I'm like, That's I think this is, I think this is where your consistency is. Whereas in Drum Island, that scene was fucking hilarious because he didn't have his armory and his cannon didn't work because it was out of service for too long. Whereas in this movie, we see it fire. It's a serious and, threat, supposedly. Yeah, and then it fires, and we get a wet noodle. <laughs> so I'm just like. Bro, you just do. You, do you not know what artillery is? Like that's your secret weapon. You got one, <laughs> and it's like 
like this huge heat source too. Like there's all this extra work put into it to fire extra further, and I'm just like, is it even portable? Like you know, it, like how portable is it? I guess you could put wheels on it <laughs> at the bottom, but ag- <laughs> again, that's what kind of why I'm just like. Dude, you got gypped by these engineers, dude. <laughs> yeah. you got, like, these engineers were telling you, like, oh, we're incredibly smart. This is the secret weapon you need to conquer the Grand Line. Even that, that could have been a great gag as well. Exactly. Yeah, we told them it's, like, an amazing weapon, but it's actually just a kid. <laughs> exactly. It's a trap or, or like, a, a fluke. So they could have played this off in any way to save the fact that it was disappointing, other than the fact that it was a big cannon, but they played it straight. Again, 55 minutes. Maybe they had to cut it. I don't know. But the way it played out, I'm just like, it's just a cannon. It's a rifled barrel, dude. It's not much. <laughs> you you would have better luck just buying buggy balls, right? You you had better chance of just doing that. But anyway, yeah. enough enough of that. Enough of that. Um, so as we mentioned, Barodo is getting his ass kicked. He's getting tossed around. Um, I forget somehow, but there was like a a very weird moment because there's a connection. That Luffy has with Akizu because Akizu repairs like the little windmill toy that he found like at the very beginning of the movie. Um, and that's how we show off like, you know, Akizu is very handy, but that's the only time we see him handy. It was a weird thing to introduce. Yeah, because but, if your parents are engineers, then then you can build stuff too. Yeah, but I'm Everyone also thinking like, but that. that's but that's more like a mechanic trait. Like that's just fixing things. Whereas engineers I, and mechanics are the same things in one piece, you know them. Uh, sorry, again, movie logic. I know, sorry. I'm thinking too much into it. Um but either way, um, the windmill toy, like, falls out of Akizu's pocket because I think he's getting... Yeah, because Akizu tries to help Boruto because he's getting tossed around like a rag doll. Akizu gets a uh, bitch slap, and the toy falls out and has, like, the final destination effect where it bounces perfectly down these pipes and right to Luffy's feet where he's still stuck trying to save himself. And then it shatters. And because earlier he made that connection... Uh, Akizu with the toy with him and Shanks or like sorry Akizu and the brother right because he saw him and Shanks that's where that little flashback happened where like I thought that was nice nice but then he saw the toy break and then Luffy goes super saiyan not literally but he just gets all the strength somehow lifts the trap out of its socket through the floor and then shows up and I'm just like alright I guess sure yeah that was <laughs> I, fine I mean whatever I mean, it was, they kind of saved the moment, too, because I'm like, it took me out of the moment where I'm just like questioning, like, how did this happen? Why? And then immediately Luffy's like, what the hell is this thing? He just holds a lit dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's freaking out because I guess they sense that Luffy actually genuinely didn't know what a dynamite was. And they're just like, don't light it here. Don't light it. Don't light it. Get rid of it. And Luffy goes, OK, he throws it to the other six of dynamite. <laughs> doesn't put it. He doesn't put it out. He doesn't toss it too far. It's the other dynamite. And I'm just like, yeah, that actually makes sense. I, I'm, I'm back in the movie, right? You sucked me out. I'm back in. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's how I felt. I really liked that. It was very on on uh, point for Luffy. Yeah. Axe, his, his, his intelligence may be at one or two sometimes, but his luck is at 11 at times, too. You just it, Sometimes it works. And it also frees the straw hats because the dynamites blow up. I thought for a second they actually might have gotten hurt because dynamite you know the force field the mm-hmm. force effect even though you get, you don't get hit by shrapnel or the, the heat you can get hit by the force that's not to kill you but you know whatever movie logic also one piece logic but nami was there too and she's not superhuman either Usopp. anyway again this is me thinking about too much it's a shonen movie <laughs> um Usopp becomes the mvp as the straw hats are fighting Usopp gets to the merry-go right away 
He tosses down Zoro's swords. He tosses down uh, Sanji's shoes. He doesn't toss down Nami's staff, because again, the writers hate Nami in this movie. But he finds a slingshot. <laughs> yeah. And they are all fighting the same rivals that they lost to earlier. And they well, make very... And also, at, at this point, Nami doesn't have her climb attack. I no, guess you mean, she... she has a regular bow staff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Just something, right? Anything right. just to help her out. Because otherwise, she's just... Uh, doesn't have anything to help defend herself. She's just there in a wedding dress, damsel in distress. I- I'm really annoyed by that. <laughs> that really, if in case you haven't told, in case you haven't guessed, that really annoyed me about this movie. I mean, she uh, really did do nothing the entire she time. Really, yeah, after that funny little moment that might be, oh, Bear King might be a fun character, whatever. Then the next, like, 40 minutes of the movie, nothing. She does absolutely nothing. She was there for fan service. She was there for the wedding dress fan service. And that's it. But it doesn't really work because they drew her eyes really weird. <laughs> it's not <laughs> consistent. <laughs> like, at the very least, like, if you're going to make her fan service, at least draw her correctly or do what some artists do, where they just make the proportions just a slightly bigger or just a little extra curvier. Because you know how artists can get. They're inconsistent sometimes. They didn't even do that in this movie. <laughs> oh, it was like the king of that. Let's be real. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. But, but um, So how did you feel about the action in this final like segment here? The action was pretty good. Um, the Sanji fight was gratifying. It definitely was good because, you know, I was going to say was, Sanji's was the best, I think. Bujack was so confident, right? Like, oh, you're a little piece of shit. You just think you need to shoes. You can beat my ass now. And then he proceeds to act like Choji from Naruto where he does like the ball form thing and then rolls out. And then he even has the spikes out. And then Sanji's like, no, I literally just need my shoes and then I can kick your ass. And then literally just kicks him into the pavement and he's done. The way that that was, like, the way they drew it, the cinematography of that, it was quick. But all the fights were quick, but it was just very pleasing to watch that. Yeah. Sanji just looks damn good flying through the air, and they figured that out real quick. Oda himself as well. And mm-hmm. thus, you know, that's why we get flying Sanji later, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I will say the second best, I guess we're not talking about the Luffy fight yet. Uh, Usopp probably had the second best, because even though that was really short, it reminded me of, like, why I love Usopp fights, where he uses, like, more clever than brute force where he pretends like oh i'm so defenseless i'm gonna die from the gas oh no and then skunk one's just flying at him or no he turns to like finish him off and then Usopp pulls out the fire star and internally combusts him and i'm just like yeah that's Usopp. that's that's gratifying that's fine. yeah it was good and zoro's yeah. was i slice you before you slice me did you easy yeah and he had the one-liner of I-, I refuse to die until i fight mihawk right so i'm just like okay which is actually kind of funny because the recent chapter of Wano, not saying much. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the hope. That's the hope for anyway. And yeah, that was probably the shortest one because you had like a couple of sword clashes and then you have your usual like, you know, samurai strike where they strike at the same time. You wonder, oh, who won? And then it was Zoro. I wonder. Um, yeah. The Luffy fight was... Pretty plain. I think I enjoyed the first movie fight a bit more. The I think si- it was better. The choreography in the first fight was better than this one. Okay, I wasn't the only one thinking that. Okay. Um, I think it was just because Wapo is literally just he has the stone stone fruit, and so his power is just, I'm not gonna move when you punch me. And I'm gonna be a grapple character in a fighting game, but I'm not gonna have cool grapples like suplexes or anything. No, I'm just gonna throw you. It's and a just boring like, devil fruit ability for a movie. It's very it, unflashy. Yeah, it, and even when he pulls out the the not hockey uh, heated fist, it's just a super punch. It's nothing too crazy about it. I will say the conclusion though was pretty fun. Where if I recall, he looks like he knocks the hell out of Luffy, 
but Luffy uses that momentum to do the, his bazooka or his headbutt, and that pushes him into the floor and shatters the whole thing, right? Yeah. Something like good. that. So that was, that was a nice ending, but yeah, the first fight was definitely better. Um, the animation, I think, in the first one was better, too, because it was like the... Sorry, the animation for Luffy's fight. For that, for that final fight. fight, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sanji's fight was animated really well here. Yeah, short and sweet. Uh, Luffy's was also kind of short and sweet, but not as Yeah, and this was animated short. well, too. It just, just, just wasn't as fun to watch. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> this is also when the movie loses me again, because it completely ruins uh, momentum. Uh, sorry, presentation, tone. Because we get this, supposedly this dramatic moment. This is when the, the clock is collapsing, right? But the clock starts playing and we get this big reveal that, oh, that music box Akiza that you have, that's the same tune as the diamond clock. Oh, and then they connect the dots. Oh, this engineer mother, oh, sorry, this engineer lady is actually your mother. Oh my God, this is Gasp. supposed to be a sweet moment. Yeah, and even though like it's not really like a great reveal because it's kind of forced, kind of quick. Um, I'm usually a sucker for this trope. Like, I'll admit, like, even if it's not very well, I'll be like, they got together. That's nice. <laughs> like, I'll be the one weird dude, like, actually getting, like, a little, like, quiet during that moment. And everyone else is probably, like, chuckling or, like, confused. I'm like, shut up. It's pretty. It's kind of cute. This moment did nothing for me. I'll admit. This moment did nothing. And it was even worse because before they actually had their emotional reunion and the music still going on, right? Then everyone's like, oh, shit, the island's collapsing. Everyone, get your parachutes. We're all going to jump off. So they put that moment on pause. And then they're on the ships right at the very bottom after, unfortunately, Clockwork Island has collapsed, unfortunately, because it was a really sick island. But it's, it's debris. It's all gone now. Um, Rip. Thanks, Luffy. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just resume the emotional moment because the mother and Akizu are back again, right? And then Akizu and her then cry of the emotional reunion. I'm just like, you can't just put yeah. a pause on a moment. Yeah, you're like, like, what? <laughs> can't, like, yeah, you they, can't just do, do that in parts. No, you can't. Like, you, you have to have a natural flow, and it was already too fast to begin with, but then you pause it literally like you're editing like, a, like an audio file on, your, on a program, on a computer. You literally put on pause, you finish this clip, and then you resume. <laughs> you can't just do that. So that was incredibly forced and bad. Um, and on top of that, even worse, is because Baroto, his whole quest was to get him to his brother, to his uh, his adopted brother, to the family. And then immediately he's back on the ship going, why the fuck try and leave me? So then I'm going, but wait, didn't you have an emotional reunion with your biological mother like one minute ago? But now <laughs> yeah. you're... But now you've gone through all the paces already where it's, again, 55 minutes. I feel like they had to cut this out. Where you have to have a moment where Kizu goes, I love the fact that I met you, mother, but my heart is at sea. It's with my brother. There, there's not even that moment. That moment is completely missing in the movie. It's just him mm -hmm. climbing onto the ship with Barodo. Like, hey, what the fuck, bro? How'd you get I'm not leaving. Let's yeah. roll. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, while, yeah, and then while they're arguing, the Straw Hats just smile, and then they sail away, and credits roll. And so I'm just like, oh, that was a really fucking fast ending. <laughs> a, little, a little awkward, it seems. It was incredibly awkward. Um, I know it sounds like we had a lot of problems with this movie. It was just because the first we played it so safe, and then this movie is your shonen movie. So the shonen tropes, that structure is going to come out for us more, because we've seen a lot more of those movies. But I still enjoyed it. It was pretty the movie. fun. Yeah, yeah, it was still enjoyable. Um, 
the the some of the risks that the movie took, like they're trying to compete with Odo, like like world design, and some of the villains actually looked pretty unique in some way. Not the best here, but it's like it's not like El Drago, El Dorago, where I'm putting him below like Mister Three in ter- or even like a Vanderdecken in terms of like appeal. Actually, that's not true. El Dorago has more appeal than Vanderdecken. Never mind. But in this case, I'm actually going. These guys could be like lower tier One Piece villains, like not mid tier, but like lower tier. They could fit somewhere. Yeah, probably probably around where uh, what's his name, Karu, the the cat pirate captain's last name, Karu. Right. No, 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 no. That's the that's the. I, that's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry. It starts with a K. It's like it's Kuro. Uh, Kuro. Wait, what? Captain Kuro. It's Kuro. Kuro. Yeah, Captain Kuro. Kuro. Oh, there's a U, right? It's a U, not yeah. an A. Okay, Kuro. it's Kuro. Yeah. Okay, they're 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 similar. <laughs> Kuro. Kinda. <laughs> please, for, please forgive me. <laughs> Listen, this is how bad Where I am. Where can they gripe with you about not knowing who Karu <laughs> is, Jake? No. <laughs> well, if you want to give me shit on Twitter, it's at Jacob Bird on Twitter. Um, but wait, but, actually, I do want to say real quick. Yeah, yeah. Get, w- give me a drip check on the the movie outfits that we get at the end. Uh, drip check. I want to say. I want to say, if I'm being uh, like overall, I want to say maybe a six because Sanji and Zoro look good, but. Nami is just in the wedding dress the whole way through. Luffy's I actually think Luffy. Usopp looked the best in his outfit, honestly. Just like the orange, it was kind of like a like a vesty shirt almost. It seemed yeah. like like it like it connected on the side, maybe zipped up, but it looked it looked nice. It fit him. It looks pretty I, pretty drippy. I thought the I thought the best was Sanji's personally. Um, I thought that one was like like literally I can imagine like the movie uh, animators like going through like a catalog of like the best uh, the latest wear from models. And they picked that one for Sanji. I can. I, I can like Sanji's that. too. Yeah, uh, Zoro's is pretty good too. Um, it'd be great. If- <laughs> Zoro's like it was good, but it almost felt too much like something he would actually wear in the show. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because it's early Zoro. He's sticking to very plain, very or as plain as he could be, or whatever. Sanji's kind of did too, but it also felt it felt like it had a little something extra there. Like it, you're it saying, had, it, it had feels color. Like it's a nice shirt, you know? Yeah, yeah, it had it had color. It stuck out. It it went well with his uh, blonde hair. It helped stick out. Um, it'd be a, it'd be a, you know, it'd be great if Nami had a great unique fit too. But you know, I guess the wedding dress is what no, we get. Wedding dress. No, again, <laughs> the people of this movie hated <laughs> Nami. Um, so before we get to our post conclusion, the uh, overall conclusion, it was a really fun movie. It felt like a typical shonen movie. Like if you're comparing it to like, like I mentioned, like Tree of Might or those old Dragon Ball Z movies. Like not the really good ones, but like. They're fine. The cooler movie kind of thing, where you're just like, yeah, it's, it's it's fine. It Clockwork Island was the best thing about the movie, the island itself. Um, but there are definitely problems with this movie. Um, we already mentioned over and over again with Nami, um, the the secret weapon being such a wet fart of just like, are you kidding me? This is this is your plan to be the pirate king. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that'll do it for you, Bear King. That's oh my god, mean. Justin, you're gonna hate me. I literally have on my notes that the these pirates are better than Kiro. I had the name right here. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> I could have saved myself the embarrassment if I just scroll down on the notes. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna financially recover from this. Um and yeah, so the villains were alright. Um 
the location was fantastic. The side characters were weak, but overall, I had a fun time. I personally think Usopp was the MVP of this movie, but if you think Sanji, I'm not going to argue against it. Uh, both of them did pretty well in this movie. What do you think of the MVP? I'm. I would say Sanji, just because we didn't really mention it, but I feel like he was he was really doing his Sanji thing early in the movie too. Such as yeah. when they got knocked into the water, he was the one that had to save Luffy. He was the one that saved the kid when the well, you know, he was attempting to save the kid yeah. when the kid was fake drowning. He, he still went through his attacks, even though he was getting his feet bloodied and ruined. Right, and he wounded. he initially saved them from the the boulders when they were falling down by you know kicking them despite exactly. being barefoot. Yeah, that's why I said if you thought it was Sanji, I'm not going to argue against it. I personally think Usopp, just because he gave everyone their weapons, and that was the turning tide of the fight. Um, That was very clutch. But overall, Sanji did do more consistently. That's why I'm just like, yeah, Sanji's like also yeah. number one. Um, I'd give a movie like a 5 out of 10 as well, but for different reasons. It had higher highs, but lower lows. I was going to say last 5 movie. as well. Yeah, because the first movie felt like a, like an extended filler episode of One Piece, and that's completely fine. It was fun. But this one felt like it wasn't a shonen movie, so it had different problems, different highs to it, though. Um, again, love the location. Could have used more work on the, the fine touches, but 55 minutes, you can't do that much. Um, other than fix Nami's eyes. You could have fixed Nami's eyes, at least. <laughs> They're distracting. <laughs> if you Okay, so if you aren't planning on watching the movie, but you're still listening to us, just look up Clockwork Island Adventure poster, or just look up the, the title of the movie and see the poster. It's evident in the poster itself, and it just looks yeah. so weird. And if it doesn't stand out, compare it side by side with the first movie poster and go, okay, yeah, that's very weird. <laughs> it looks like a frog. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, weird. Oh, they did my girl. They did my girl bad. <laughs> so they can find me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. Where can they find you, John? You can find me at Jitsu on Twitter. J-I-T-S-Z-U. Very nice. Very nice. So we... Almost forgot about this last time, but this time we will not forget. Next time we will be discussing the next movie, the th movie three, which I think is the last of the three that didn't come out in the West. Uh, Chopper's Island and Chopper's Kingdom on the Island of Strange Animals. Thank you. You got the whole title. I just knew Chopper was in the name somewhere and Animal Kingdom was there somewhere, too. It's a long I'm time. I'm interested <laughs> to, to see this. I've heard many things about it. Many things, neither, uh, no connotation in any way, just many things. <laughs> many things. Many things. I've heard many things. Um, if you have been following me on Twitter, um, I'm actually jumping ahead with the movies. So if you want to get like very quick feedback, I'll like what are my thoughts are. I'm keeping some to a minimum though, because I'm aware Justin in this case is actually not caught up on this. So I'm not going to go my usual thing and just talk about post on like post by post of how amazing or interesting or bad or whatever the movies are but i'll give like a very quick thought process and save the full analysis for our obvious episode but yeah, yeah i've saved these movies a long time and i'm i'm savoring them you know yeah so nice and slow absolutely so yeah next episode chopper's kingdom i thought this was a pretty good movie i'm looking forward to check it out thank you guys for tuning in if you're so inclined, please leave us a review on iTunes or a rating on Spotify now available. It really helps out the show. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.